the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. P&I pricing could rise 50% by 2024. That rather eye-catching headline turned a few heads this week, and understandably so. To rewrite an old American political aphorism, 50% increases here and 50% increases there, and pretty soon you're talking big money. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List, and on this week's Lloyd's List shipping podcast, we consider the implications of rising insurance. The 50% prediction came via marine broker Gallagher, which has exhaustively analysed five years' worth of publicly available financial statements from all 13 of the international group of P&I clubs. Now, it needs to be said that the clubs contest the exact figures, but as ever, there is room for interpretation in analysing profit and loss accounts and balance sheets. Whatever the quibbles about the details, the big picture is incontestable. Every club was in deficit on its underwriting activities last year. By Gallagher's calculation, IG affiliates collectively paid out $6 on claims and operating expenses for every five they took in in premiums. Now, that's not an immediate crisis. All clubs maintain hundreds of millions of dollars in free reserves for just such an eventuality. And in the main, investment returns last year were strong enough to cover up any shortfall. But if something can't go on forever, it won't. Regulatory pressures and detentions of the ratings agencies will make sure of that. Nobody doubts that clubs need to charge more, and they certainly will. But 50% over four years? Really? And just how much will that leave owners out of pocket? Our law and insurance editor, David Osler, who wrote the story, picks up this podcast this week. Dave caught up with the report's author, Gallagher Divisional Director Alex Vullo. And then he got a response from North Group's Chief Underwriting Officer, Thaya Kathiraval, who argued that some clubs are better placed than others. First to Alex, and this being early August holiday season, he spoke to us from Kansas City, where he's visiting family with his newborn child. So, Alex, thank you for joining us from your holiday in the US. Um, Can I start by asking you about your prediction in your report then? You're predicting a 50% increase in P&I over the next four years, including reinsurance. That sounds like a big jump. Yeah, I think, you know, we're, we're going to be looking at potentially double-digit GIs for the next three to four years. So when you compound that, you get close to 40%. And then, you know, there's a lot of speculation at the moment about reinsurance um, rates from 22 significantly moving upwards. So when you add that to the renewal as well, you're, you're getting closer to that 50% figure. Yeah, breaking it down year by year, um, I think you were suggesting high single digits, low double digits, so 7.5%, 10%, 12%, rates like that for the next four years. Yeah, I think, I think you know, with P&I, um, you know, in, which is obviously very different to the way the whole market works, is, is a lot more predictable. Um, and I think, you know, there's, there is obviously a lot of competition between the 13 clubs, but in our in our view, when we analyse how things are moving forward at the moment, we think that 22 should be rate you know GIs between seven and a half to 10 percent. But I think as we move closer to sort of November, probably our view will slightly firm when we see the claims come through the year. So that might move up to you know eight and a half to 12, let's say. 
Right, and then there's separately there's the International Group Reinsurance Contract, which is up for renewal right now. You're expecting quite a big jump in that, aren't you, as well? Yeah, we we you know we hear, hear a lot of um, rumours and gossip in the market um, from from you know, the, the club side and obviously from the reinsurance side as well. And you know from what we're hearing, the reinsurance market is is definitely looking for cash contribution from the market this year from the PNI clubs this year. So I think you know we, we're hearing that rates could be or the contract could be increased anywhere between twenty to thirty percent. Obviously the the club brokers will do their best and. It, and the clubs will do their best for the ship owners. But when, when you're trying to relate that back to uh, a reinsurance rate that gets attributed to a PI rate, you know, we think that could that could have a, a difference um, of around 10 to 15 percent, depending on uh, the categories. The container category in particular, which was separated last year, is is something we probably will see harden uh, more so compared to others, because obviously there's a lot of um, claims in that particular sector, but again, at the moment we're we're speculating. I don't think they've even started the negotiation yet, but that's the kind of feeling and sentiment that we've that we that we've got at the moment. Right. I mean, does the ever given grounding and the Suez Canal closure have anything to do with that? I mean, the 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 ever given uh, claim. I think it was settled for 150 million. The vessel's been released. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a big claim. Um, it, it's obviously a poor claim. Um, will it will it have an impact? It will it will have a, it will have an impact, but I don't think it will be the main reason for um, a big change. If you look at the you know the poor claims environment for the last um, three years, let's say there's probably one and a half billion dollars worth of claims. So if you put the ever given into perspective, 10 percent of that value, it's it's not such a big deal. But a poor claims you know, on average, you would typically see anywhere between you know thirteen to twenty pool claims. Let's say on average, uh, and in the last two years, we've almost had fifty. So there has been a big, uh, you know, stark change in in that in terms of volatility and obviously value. There's also, I mean, the the golden ray, you know, is eight hundred million plus potentially. Um, that will have a much bigger impact than let's say the other given. Um, let's try to put some numbers on this now. I mean, what, what are vessels paying in practice? I mean, I know it's a, a notoriously open-ended question because all vessels pay differently depending on their record. But just give us some examples, maybe. Yeah, if I'm just going to you know, put my finger in the air and just 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 give you some ideas for for rating levels currently. I mean, what do you want to give me a bit of a steer, David, in terms of what kind of vessel? Um, in particular, you, you would want kind of oh, a, well, so say a, five, a five-year-old VL or a five-year-old Cape. So let's say, yeah, okay. So, so a five-year-old um, VLCC coming into the market today would probably come in at, at very competitive, almost new building-like rating level. So, you know, depending on whether you're one fourth, four fourth, if you've got high deductibles or low deductibles, or if you've got a good record or a bad record, you know, we, we would be saying anywhere between, let's say, $130,000 to $150,000. But again, there's so many different parameters that would fit into what that rate should be. Uh, but that that is, you know, if you were going to say, give me a, a rate off the top of your head, that, that's the kind of level we'd be expecting to see from the market. And for a cape, you know, years ago, anything below a dollar was fantastic a dollar per gt so what's that 60 uh, sorry no that's 90 95 000, let's say um and today you're looking at 
you know, we've seen some ridiculous rates around 60 cents. We've seen them at 70 cents as well. You know, the, the market really is all over the place at the moment. Again, it, it varies depending on what, what RDC element you've got, what deductibles you've got, whether you've got a large fleet or if you're a small fleet, there's lots of different variables. But, you know, I'd say any, anywhere below 85 cents um, for, for a cape today, you're doing pretty well. Right. So in simple dollar terms, then it's, it'll be tens of thousands additional per per extra, per each vessel over the next few years. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and when, you, when you add in the R on top of that, it will, it will compound even more. So, yeah, let, let's use the VL example of 130,000. It's a very competitive rate for a VL, a modern VL. And then you'll be getting closer to, you know, 180,000 plus potentially um, over the next three to four years, obviously, which isn't welcome news for ship owners. And, you know, mm. the, it, you know, it, it, we can see where the market's going. So because we can see or we think we can see where it's going, we can start to plan ahead. And as P&I brokers, I think it's really important that you don't just plan for next year's renewal. You have to really plan for the next three years renewal because you have the IGA to keep in mind and you have a, a lot of strategic thinking to also implement um, and discuss with the client. And they also have to buy into that strategy as well. So it takes time. Right. You've also said in your report, though, that even with a 40 to 50 percent jump by 2024, in real terms, it's pretty much back to where we were five years ago. Yeah, it, it, it would it would look that way. Uh, I mean, obviously, if, if rates have fallen, let's say 40 percent, you're going to need a lot more than 40 percent to get back up to where you to where you were over that seven year period. So. Um, so, yeah, I, th I think, you know, it, it really depends on what happens with the claims environment over the next, you know, three to four years as well. If if we go back to, let's say, a traditional 13, you know, pool claim a year um, environment where, you know, the, the claims start to become a little bit more benign than they were, even though the shipping market's doing well at the moment, so we're seeing more claims at the moment, um, then... It really doesn't matter. I mean, if if the if the technical underwriting can improve from 120% back down to 105% over that period, then the clubs are going to be a lot happier, and then we'll, then the market will be a lot more stable, and we'll go back to uh, or ship owners will have a much easier ride. But it really depends on, on on what happens to some of the fundamentals in order to see if it will continue to intensify or if it will just be a more prolonged. So the three to four years ends up becoming a five to six year hard market. And that's something that we're going to monitor more carefully as, as we as we progress with this hard market over the next few years. OK, um, you're a broker, obviously. It's your job to go into bat for the owners. But you seem to be saying that clubs have got a pretty good case on the, just on the basis of supply and demand, really. Yeah, I mean, look, if, we, if we break it down, so the clubs have got you know, around five and a half billion dollars worth of ship owners money at the end of the day in their collective free reserve, which is, a, which is a, a plus point for the clubs. It provides stability and predictability, which is really important. Um, you know, our independent analysts recently said that, you know, to us that the clubs have survived a global pandemic and have still come out smelling of roses, which, you know, arguably is a very good point. Um, and then we look at the flip side, you know, you know, we've, we've said in lots of our reports and publications, you know, we think the clubs can give $700 million back to the ship owners collectively and still be fine. But the thing is, at the moment, it seems as if having that kind of buffer in the bank going through this uncertain period at the moment is probably more beneficial because I think ship owners 
will appreciate or will not not perhaps appreciate but will see that things are hardening and they would when they, when it comes to budgeting it's it's easier to have a more predictable market than to have a volatile one so that might actually benefit everyone um during during the next few years um but the trouble the trouble is you know we say the club's got a good case you know the the average combined ratio is 120 percent for 2020 and that's very bad um and and you know, the regulators and you know, Standard and Paul's, for example, are all over the clubs asking them what are they doing to correct it and relying on investment return, which the clubs have always done, isn't enough anymore. So we've got unsustainable rating levels. We've got bad combined ratios. We've got pressure from 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 regulators and from raging, rating agencies. The clubs are cash rich, but rate poor. So all of that in combination does give the clubs a good story for asking for more money and i think it's definitely necessary for, for the clubs to correct underwriting balance in order for them to have a more positive outlook right and are we going to see more club club hopping or are the release calls just too costly release calls have been um have been falling uh, and some clubs um, don't don't have them anymore i don't think release calls really are a big enough problem for a ship owner to move. Now, in our experience, ship owners really tend to move for mainly three or four reasons. One, obviously rating, if the rates are are, are, are too high and no one can agree on what that right, correct level should be. If there's been a particularly bad or unfortunate claim that the, that the club hasn't dealt with or has supported the member, and if there's a breakdown in relationship. And if you get all three, you know, you, you, you're likely to see your member move. But I think, Release calls don't prohibit ship owners from moving because most will put up a, a bank guarantee and it's not that costly to do that currently. And in, to answer your other part of your question, which you think we're going to see more more um, ship owners hopping, I think those ship owners that have a multi-club strategy, so more than three P&I clubs, I think we'll see more consolidation um, during, a, during a, a hard market cycle because you know economies of scale will, will kick in and and will be important so i think that we'll see a lot a lot of that but last year we were expecting to see a lot of hopping and actually we didn't see a tremendous amount we did see some change um but it was a pretty average year in terms of of, of ship owners moving around okay alex Vullo of gallagher thank you very much thank you david and now to Thaya, who slotted in an interview just before departing to his small holding, which we are told is overdue for some green-fingered attention at the moment. And now joining me from Newcastle, we have uh, Thaya Cathirovel, who is Director of Underwriting at North Group, one of the larger P&I clubs. Um, Thaya, Alex Vullo from Gallagher is predicting a compound 50% increase in P&I rates between now and... 2024. Do you, do you think he's onto something? Does that sound about right? Hi, hi, David. Good, to, good to speak to you. Um, yeah, I, I guess I guess Alex is looking at, uh, at the average across the international groups, and he's looking at the the fact that you've got a mixed bag of results from the clubs uh, following the last uh, round of renewals, ranging from just over 100% combined ratio right up to 150%. So there's, there's a huge uh, variance there uh, in, terms, in, terms of, in terms of combined ratios and therefore results. I think the reality is that 
the various clubs are in different positions right now in their respective cycles. The clubs do need general increases uh, to correct the rating erosion that uh, that he's pointed out in his in his article, and that's I think that's a that's a fact. Levels of increases are going to vary from club to club, so I'm I'm not I'm not certain about a 50% compound increase over the next uh, over the next four years, but but certainly a, a level of general increase is required to correct some of the softness in the market uh, over over the period, say, 2016 to 2020. So possibly some less, but possibly some more. Yes, I think I think that's right. But even so, the suggestion of high single digit or low double digit increases each year, is that pretty much what owners can expect? I, I think from, from a range of clubs, that's that's a possibility. Uh, I, I I suspect anything from five to ten percent would be probably the norm over the next few years. And I'm not sure about double digit. I think that that will that will depend on uh, investment income. And whilst we and and most of our peers in the international group are probably anticipating. Um, a much lower investment income than than the last couple of years. Um, if that was to change, then that would have an impact as well on general increase uh, requirements. Of course, yes, that's another variable, isn't it? Um, Alex also pointed to the international group reinsurance contract, which is up for renewal at the moment, and some talk of that getting a lot more expensive and. Uh, that being mandatory on ship owners as well. Do you see it like that? The the reinsurance increases from the general excess of loss contract are are mandatory. They will be passed on uh, to ship owners. I, I think in terms of a bit of context, David, the the that that particular contract, uh, the ship owners benefited from um, rate reductions over uh, over a few years um, probably from about 2017 onwards and um, and obviously as claims have caught up as it were um, and and there is a bit more volatility in PI results now uh, we expect the reinsurance market to 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 ask for increases and these will be passed on the level of increase of course is 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 a difficult thing to predict at this at this early stage. Uh, a lot of those partners on the reinsurance panel are long-term partners uh, for the group, so they've they've been with us through uh, thick and thin. Uh, and I expect you know there be there to be some moderation of increases over a period of time to correct their record. Right, um, but the other point that Alex made was that rates have eroded in recent years and to some extent even a big increase between now and 2024 would be more or less a reversion to 2016 in real terms do you see it like that i i, I do i do see it a bit like that actually david i think um our, our our analysis is that between 2016 and 2020 we've probably seen a 30 percent reduction in the retained rates for that the PNI clubs have been charging on a per GT basis, and um, and yes, 
I think the the recent round of general increases uh, at the last couple of renewals go some way towards um, towards clawing that back. And it is really low rating that's the the the, the key um, factor here for clubs and the higher the elevated combined ratios. Right, but what's the basic club case for more money? What why why do you need it? Uh, to 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 cover claims, obviously, and I think clubs have, as Alex pointed out in his article as well, clubs have relied, perhaps overly reliant on investment income um, previously. Uh, that isn't going to be as uh, certain uh, going forward, um, and so having um, enough premium to cover claims is going to be even more important in terms of. Uh, managing results going forwards, and of course, it's it's not just about um, um, increasing premium. Pricing predictability can also come from uh, alternative income sources, diversification, which which mm. I think Alex mentioned in his article as well, and that's that's certainly something that that we endorse. It's something that is very much part of our strategy as well. Okay, and finally, are we going to see more club hopping as a result of this, or are people hemmed in more or less by release calls? I, I don't think the release calls actually are um, as major a factor as as perhaps is sometimes portrayed um, uh, by pundits and in the press. I, I, I think the reality is ship owners are are incredibly loyal. They they understand the need. Um, to make an equitable contribution uh, to the running of their clubs. Um, it tends to be a falling out between ship owner and club that 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 often causes the the, the club hopping uh, mm. ra- rather than just premium. I think quite quite often it is about the handling of a claim or the or, or the or the way a particular member was treated that 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 causes a break in a a break in a relationship. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm not certain that there will be any more club hopping than there has been recently. Okay, great. Well, Thaya Kathirvel, um, thank you very much for talking to the Lloyd's List podcast. You're very welcome, David. And that's it for another week from the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. But before you go, remember that if you're not a Lloyd's List subscriber, you are missing out on some of the best industry news and analysis available anywhere. Go to loyslist.com for our best offer right now and hit the subscribe now button in the top right hand side of the screen. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a star rating and a positive review. It really helps. Enjoy your week and don't forget to subscribe and listen to us again next Friday. Mm-hmm.